Clothing Optional explores what it means to have the choice to show how much we reveal to ourselves and to those around us, both literally and metaphorically. A podcast for those looking for inspiration, life hacks, and a little push to being braver, a little better for ourselves and our community. Grab a seat, shed, or put on a lair because it's a wild ride when clothing is optional. Your clothing optional host, Melba, is the owner of Bow Nest Soapworks, Calgary's famous adventure soap company, building community and inspiring adventure one bar of soap at a time. Join the soap club and get handmade soap shipped to your door every quarter and enjoy member perks to over a dozen local businesses. Looking for a unique gift idea or event? Check out our soap making workshops available for your event and team building. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Welcome to episode 13. Just do one thing, overcoming immobilizing anxiety. I'm your host, Melba Sito. So today we're testing out um, a couple of new mics, which is really exciting to try to, you know, create a better experience for my wonderful listeners. Um, I got a clip-on microphone so I can improve my off-site recording when I have a guest. So please give me your feedback. Remember, I am on a budget, so (laughs) I can only do so well. I know there's a little bit of movement that's being recorded because I do wiggle a lot. So that's something that I'm going to work on. But I mean, if you can hear me and it sounds okay, then that's kind of what I'm looking for right now. So, you know, we can't... um, be perfect when we start anything. You kind of have to just <laughs> go at it and brutalize it. Okay, so I was thinking today, um, this is something I actually struggle with daily and multiple times in a day. And it's something that I was talking to with my friend Jackie from um, Magic Pantry YYC. She'll, she'll be one of my guests soon. And she's also apparently one of my number one fans number one fans. She is my number one fan. Uh, I just had a crazy five-day market at the Calgary's Farmer's Market, so my brain is running a little slow and low on fuel. And that's kind of what led me to today's topic. Um, How do we keep moving forward when we're feeling immobilized with um, the things in life and the things in our small businesses that are so overwhelming. Jackie was saying, like, how, how do you do it? And I was saying the same thing to her. How do you do it? How do we get through um, from one step to the next? Because it just seems like there's so much sometimes. And whether you're a small business owner or you're um, just someone trying to get through the day, how do we, how do we just keep going and my day started with um, like I said just trying to decompress from this crazy weekend this crazy week of meeting all these wonderful people and trying to promote 
my brand Bona Soap Works. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Shameless plug. And how to, I guess, keep keep going after um, such like high intensity um, engagement. And those of us who are introverts would understand how we shut down. That's what we do. <laughs> we shut down for a long time, but I. I know where I am in my life and in my small business. I don't have the luxury to shut down. But every morning I wake up with this, um, I guess, feeling of not impending doom, but just weight of, oh my goodness, there's just so much. So much I still have to do. So how do I keep doing it and keep moving on? And it begins with just do one thing. And so my son comes into bed with me and he says, Mommy, can I have some cereal? And I sit there and I think, I don't want to get you cereal right now. I just want to lay here. But I tell myself, just do one thing. So I get up, get the cereal, and I get the milk, I pour him a bowl. And I'm still overwhelmed with this whole list of stuff and priorities I need to do. I'm thinking I need to, I need to exercise because I'm feeling so um, not at the peak of what I would like, or not even close to, not even the peak. I'm not even at the bottom end of where I would like to be physically right now. And I'm like, I can't exercise because I have to put on my shoes. I still got to take the kids to day home. I still have to feed them. I still have to clean up all my soap stuff, all my stuff from the market. And I feel this immobility setting in. And unless you relate, it's actually really, really hard to imagine what that means. And it means sometimes, you know, my roommate will find me sitting on the floor in the kitchen. And he'll look at me and he'll say, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just, I just need a moment. And it's because of all these things that are compiling. I sometimes literally just have to sit down until I can get myself to the point where I can complete one thing, one task. And so that one task of feeding my child became a second task of, I'm still like wearing my pajamas. <laughs> I drove them to day home, that was the next task. Dropped them off and then that list continued again of, I have all this stuff to do I have to, um, we got to work on our garden, get that Hugo garden going because things are starting to grow. I need to, and then I started thinking what I need to do in the garden. I can't just do the garden. I have to like shovel the dirt, plant the things, get the hose. And I can't even list them all right now because I'm feeling so overwhelmed. And after I dropped my children off, I said, well, just do one thing. You're going to pass the hardware store. One thing, I'm going to pick up some pieces for my mister, my, my sprinkler that I made a couple years ago. And it broke last year and I never got around to fixing it. So I picked up a coupler for the PVC for the mister and an end cap. And my brain spirals again to thinking, so much I need to do. So much I need to get done. 
And I know this podcast can draw it a little bit today, but this is literally how my brain is thinking. And we'll get to the point with how we can, how I deal with it. And, and I know for those people who can relate, this is like, oh my goodness, (laughs) this is how my life is. So I get home, I take some deep breaths and I sit in my vehicle and I'm feeling that, um, anxiety of being overwhelmed. And so I stop and I sit, I let myself to sit and I say, just do one, one thing. So I got out of the car, took the PVC out and I put it in the garage. Great. Came in the house and I was thinking, you know, I need to stay on top of this podcast. Um, and you know, it means so much to me when people do message me and they say, Hey, looking forward to your next podcast. Cause it, puts that on, on my priority list and it keeps me motivated to, to keep going and to keep doing that one thing. So I said to myself, just do one thing. And that one thing was the next one thing after, you know, I dropped my kids off was to get this podcast recorded. And in my head, I'm thinking, you know, I haven't changed. I haven't eaten. I need coffee. I have so much other stuff I need to do. I need to exercise. I need to you know, do some self-care. I need to make, get ready for dinner. I need to unpack all my market. Okay. So stop. Just do one thing. Let's record this podcast. So I got my stool and got my other stool because this is how I set up my podcast. I have two stools and a piece of, um, um, melamine laminate piece of table that I use. And I set this up in front of my window because it has the best lighting. So one stool, the next stool, this table. And then I look at this new microphone set and I think, I don't want, I don't want to do this podcast today because I don't know how to set this, this new microphone set up. That's just going to take more time that I don't have and energy that I don't have. Spiraling, 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 spiraling. Just do one thing, just open the box, open the bag and just see what it looks like. And you know what? The sound quality might not be perfect. It might, I mean, it might not even be recording. I'm going to stop this for a second, even check if it's recording. Great. It's working. So I plugged it in and I thought, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's perfect. Just, just record the podcast. Just do one thing. So microphones work. There was a little bit of a muffled sound because I do like to move a lot, but that's okay. The goal is just, just, just do that one thing. And if you think about it, I did a whole bunch of one things today, even though the other things were kind of absolutely necessary, like feeding your child and taking them to daycare, putting on clothes, not absolutely necessary, changing out your pajamas, not absolutely necessary. So the absolute one thing I need to do today is get this podcast going. So I plugged it in. Great. Microphones seem to kind of work. Great testing. So how do we continue to overcome, you know, immobilizing anxiety? And I know the most important part is finding that time frame where you completely shut down and you become completely immobilized. And for myself, I know I have about 
three to 10 seconds. I have about three to 10 seconds to do my one thing, whatever it is. And I know all of us are capable of figuring that out, finding out what that means for yourself, um, whether it means, you know, go talking to that stranger, asking them on a date. How long does it take before you lose your courage and before you can do that one thing? And I went through a stage in my life where I figured out that for me, it's about three to 10 seconds where I lose um, all ability to, to do something. And it took a lot of mindfulness and a lot of training to realize, to even realize what that was and then to actually apply it. And so that's why I'm, I'm able to do these things, but I do feel that sense of, um, I don't like to use the word depression, but that sadness of like curling up in a ball and wanting to not do anything and just hide. And so I know for myself to overcome it, I have three to 10 seconds to just do one thing. So some of you might be asking, what, what's that process? How do I figure out that time gap for myself? Well, you have to really pay attention to the physiological changes that are happening. We all know what it's like to feel like it's surging, like that, that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm getting, that anxiety is building. And for each one of us, um, finding that moment is going to be different it's going to be different to figure out, you know, at what point do I need to do something before I'm not going to do anything. And so when you feel your, you know, chest getting tight, throat getting tight, um, your brain starting to spiral and think about all these crazy things you need to do, you can't do, you want to do, um, and your lack of resources to do them, stop yourself and just say, just do one thing, like a physical thing. Well, you know, it, it, it can be taking a deep breath, it can be going to the bathroom, it can be getting a drink of water, but you just need to do one thing. And um, for myself, I do the one thing and then I start building up again, all these thoughts, like my brain is always going, these gears are always turning, so I'm always thinking, I have to do this, I have to do this. And the more I start thinking, the more anxiety I get. And the more anxious I get, the more immobile I get. So I stop and I say, just do one thing. And it, it cycles all day. Some days it's better than others. Like, you know, when I, I'm, that's why I really uh, pursue outdoor activities and adventures because I find when I'm doing adventures and I'm doing these physical activities, um, my brain doesn't spiral. It's when I have time to sit and to line up all the, all the things I need to do. And right now it's tax season. So a lot of us, well, it's the end of tax season as of yesterday. And now it's the beginning of late tax season. So I understand a lot of us are in that, in that mode where we're spiraling of like, I need, I need to do taxes. How do I do this? I need to do all these things. Okay. We'll stop and just do one thing. Just do one thing today that, that, you know, or in that moment, do one thing that just kind of breaks that loophole of crazy. Yes, it is crazy, but it's something that, you know, is a part of a lot of us. So how do we um, still be functioning crazy people?
And this is how I do it. <laughs> I just do one thing. I tell myself to just do one thing. And so, you know, some of us wonder, why is it like that for you, for myself, and for others? Um, why is it that you hit these points where you're, you're physically immobilized because mentally you're just thinking about all these things that are overwhelming you? And if we actually take a moment to look back, there's, you know, I know it's cliche, but there's always a moment in time where something happened, um, whether it was in your childhood. Most of the time it is in our childhood because that's when things are imprinted on us. And for those of you listening, this is actually how I reflect so that I can raise my own children um, in a way that, you know, is is different than how I was raised and really reflecting on how do I how do I create the experiences for them that are more positive, um, even if they perhaps, you know, undergo some of the same um, negative experiences that I did, but not, not dwelling or manifesting that trauma into things like this immobilizing anxiety. And when I look back at it, um, because these feelings are very familiar, that like tightness in your throat and your chest, tears welling up in your eyes, um, I think back to, you know, uh, when I was a kid and my, my stepmother would often be yelling at my father and not like normal yelling, like parents might fight, but yelling in a way that was terrifying, um, very abusive. She was, uh, she is, um, borderline bipolar personality disorder. And so someone who yells at you when they're angry is different than someone who yells when they have um, a mental health illness and I'd be able to hear her yelling at my father in her bedroom through the vents in my bedroom and this immobilization came from uh you know the yelling is not the bad thing it's I knew that sometimes she would come to my room and she would use my brother and myself as I guess, um, validators of, of her wrong or right doing, whatever you want to call it. It's crazy, just crazy stuff. So she would yell at my father for hours and hours and hours over the craziest things. And I remember when I was younger, I used to just listen and laugh like a normal child. I'd be like, oh, whatever, what are they, like, eavesdrop, listen to the vents. But then it would hit a point where, um, when she would start coming to our rooms, and this would be two in the morning, three in the morning, we'd be anywhere from six years old to um, 14 or 15, at least once or twice, if not five, 10 times a month. I don't even know. It was all the time. It's just, this is my normal. And we would be sweating in our beds, hoping and praying that she wouldn't come. Physically immobilized. I literally would not move for. Um, probably at least an hour. If I, if there was silence, I would wait for silence for about an hour before I would move and I would cramp. My feet would hurt. My bed would be all wet from sweating and I'd be holding my breath for so long. And I remember as a child, you know, this immobility would just be so physically, emotionally debilitating. I guess you would just 
um, be in this state until you'd fall asleep. And um, this would happen over and over again every time she would, you know, be yelling at my father. Um, and we would be laying in our beds, praying and hoping that she would not come to our rooms, you know, because that means we'd be dragged into this thing and we'd be up for even longer. And we'd, we'd have school. Like we were kids. We'd have school the next day. And, um, and so for me, looking back at that, I reflect on that those same physiological um, things that are happening, that's, that sweat, hot, cold, sweat, tight chest, and not wanting to move. And I think, how do we, how do we get out of that? Because you can't live in this state. And I know a lot of us do. And, our, and during the pandemic, a lot of people stayed in this state. And unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, weren't able to get out of it. And for those of you who are kind of on that cusp and, you know, you still have some control of yourself and the ability to not get caught in this state, um, this is hopefully something that can help you reflecting on what I do. And like I said, it's literally that mantra of, just do one thing. And I apply that not only in, you know, my personal life and day to day, but for my business as well. I get caught up in this um, overwhelming checklist of things that need to get done. And if we looked at the whole picture, it would be a lot. It's always a lot. There's always something that needs to be done. So take a breath and look at the most important thing that needs to get done and just do one thing, maybe not the most important, but the easiest thing. If you need to go pick up, you know, paper, one supply, don't, need, don't even list the whole, you don't need paper, pen, you know, pick up equipment, ingredients, whatever. Pick one thing, I need to get paper today and just do that, just do that one thing and and this is how I achieve, you know, the point in my successes that I have now. People always think that I'm invincible. And people always think that I'm immovable. But it's literally because I know I just have to do one thing. And if you did one thing a year for 365 days you would have done 365 things. It sounds really simple, but it is really difficult for uh, a lot of us that kind of suffer, like I said, through this overwhelming um, immobility from anxiety. And this is how, like I said, I move forward. And this is just the day after of me spending 11 hours a day smiling and socializing um, but, you know, my neighbors in the farmer's market, they could tell I was burning out near the last couple days. And so today, obviously, is a really heavy, heavy day because I have a ton of stuff I need to do. And if I just do one thing today, which I'm already succeeding because I'm doing the podcast, then, then I have one. And that's something that I want to throw out to all of you. Um, and for those of you who, you know, experience something similar of 
you know, all these things that kind of overload and overwhelm you. What do you do? What's your thing? How do you overcome it? Please, you know, share it with me and send me a message because I, I would really like to know because this is just how I do it. I feel, like I said, that um, pressure rising in my chest, tears starting to form, my brain starting to spiral, three to 10 seconds. And I just say, just do one thing. And I focus on one thing, one activity, one physical activity, whether it's, like I said, go to the bathroom, get a cup of water, do the dishes, just one thing. And then that's, that's how I get to the end of my day. Um, and because I know that being able to do one thing is better than doing nothing. And that's something I fall on all, fall back on all the time. You know, if you've just completed one thing, you know, celebrate that instead of, um, uh, being so hard on yourself for all the things that weren't done on that list. Other, cause nothing would ever get done. If all I did was harp on myself on the millions of things that aren't getting done. And sometimes I do, I do, I get, you know, get into these, um, self-pity parties. They don't last very long because I've, like I said, I've developed this mindfulness of, I have to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And sometimes that is just the one thing. That one thing is just stand up (laughs) and it sounds crazy, but for, you know, a large part of the population that many of the people who don't experience this don't even realize this is a big deal. And it's those of us that can keep putting one foot in front of the other, keep doing one thing at a time. Um, we're the ones that are able to kind of rise from the muck, but we're still swimming in it. We just kind of swim at the surface and we don't drown. One of the things I also wanted to share with you today is um, I know there's a lot of parents that listen to my podcast. That's where a lot of people have followed me from. And, you know, I know the struggle is real when parents are at home and they don't get out. And one of the advice and tips that I often give to parents is find when is your go time. And this is something I actually talk about quite often. What is your go time? Because a lot of these people are feeling so isolated, staying at home all the time. And I understand because like I just explained to you, I struggle through this like impending doom of overwhelming and mobilizing anxiety. Um, I'm not free from it. So how do I overcome it? And when it comes to having small children, um, one of the tips I often give to my friends is you got to get out. And you got to find that time that's your go time. For me, with my first child, I had to leave the house by like 9, nine o'clock, 9.30. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't physically and mentally be able to. And those were my worst days was when I had to stay home trying to find stuff to do for my child. And so I made it a priority. That was my one thing every day was to leave the house by 9.30. And if that means going for a walk, going to pick up milk, do something. And, um, and that, 
that is what's going to really make this experience for you um, positive. I don't want to use the word bearable, but for some people, bearable. And for me, because I, I spent, you know, most like four, four to five days out of the week, I left the house before my go time, by my go time, you know, like 930. Um, m- my family is able to have that, you know, quality of life and those experiences um, that are so important for me because that's that's the priority, setting your priority. And my priority is getting my kids out and not having them be raised by a parent um, that is immobilized because that's how I grew up. You know, my stepmother, because she suffered through mental health, um, you know, 350 days of the year, and I'm not joking, like people in my family could vouch with me for this. 350 days of the year, she was in her room in the dark watching television door closed and just wallowing and spiraling and immobilized and so we have to reflect on these moments and we have to share them because I think so many of us you know have our have our hang-ups and have our experiences but we don't know that we're not alone until someone else shares it with us so imagine every day from when she became part of my life, when I was three years old till I was 16, because I moved out when I was 16, um, she would be in her room just depressed and um, us catering to her needs. And I, I see that and I look and I reflect and I'm like, I don't want that for my children. And I truly, you know, don't think that... Um, that I have depression, but I do truly believe being exposed to it environmentally and behaviorally and also genetically. Like I know um, my biological mother suffered from depression, but I, I don't think because I have the willpower and I know what my priorities are, um, that that is something that has to be like who or what I need to identify as and that's something I don't I don't like to say the word the d word depressed because for some first I know not for all of us I can't speak for all of us because I know some people it's a sensitive topic um but it's all possible obviously for us to to get into that that place of depression um And this is just for myself of how I know it's possible because environmentally what I was raised in and genetically what I'm, what's possible for me. um, I think I know because it's there, I don't ever want that. And I've spent decades of my life, like since I was a teenager, finding ways to not become that. And one of those things is to do just one thing, just do one thing, one thing a moment, one thing a day, one thing an hour, just pick one thing, focus on it and just do it so that I don't have that environment that, oh, I dropped my pen, so that I don't have that environment that my children have to grow up in where they see their mother 
locked in a room all day, not doing anything except, well, going crazy at nighttime. That is bizarre. You know, she like, I guess like hoard all that energy till like the witching hour, take it out on my poor father and um, my brother and I. But yeah, so I mean, you know, we can sit in that, that moment of, um, this is, this is my destiny. I'm this way. I am, you know, this is just how I am. I get spiraled. I get anxiety. I get locked down. We, we could, I could choose to be that person. Um, or I can, tr- because I really don't want to be that person. I can find ways to practice mindfulness in my daily life and to reflect on the crappy things that happened to me as a child and learn from them. And yes, that is why I cry in every podcast because it is hard to shed those layers and talk about these things. But if you don't, how can you learn from them? How can the people around you learn from them? Don't mind the tears. It's just powerful. Embrace it. I cry a lot. I tell you guys that. I cry a lot. But it's okay. It's okay. As long as you try. Cry as long as you try. Um, and it's not, like, I hope when you listen to my podcast, it's not out of, you don't feel sad, but you feel inspired and empowered by the fact that we all have the power to look at the experiences that we had and that we are having and learn from them and not, uh, uh, I guess, get sucked in and pity ourselves for the cards we were dealt. Everyone was dealt a shitty hand at one point in their life, if not for a lot of it. But it's up to you to determine how you want to play that hand. And for me, I became a magician. I do magic tricks because I suck at poker. (laughs) Okay, I think that's funny. Um, But yeah, I just, you know, I hope that when you listen to the tears of my podcast, you don't think like, oh, that's so sad. I mean, it is sad. But I I hope you think like, holy crap, how is it that, you know, she can get all choked up about all this stuff and yet still persevere? And do one thing. It's so hard to do one thing. But today I did the one thing. I posted a podcast on a new set of microphone things that I didn't even know how to use. So there you have it. Thank you so much for celebrating uh, episode 13 with me and my tears. Like I said, I've had a really hard, extroverted five days. Very uh, rewarding because I got to meet amazing people in my community, but it was difficult because I like to be alone a lot of my time, a lot of the time. Uh, so there's all that amounting up. But thank you so much for celebrating episode 13 with me. Please stay on for the 10 episode challenge. 
it means so much to me that, uh, you know, I have people telling me they listen to my podcast and I'm constantly apologizing for crying, but I know I need to stop doing that because this is just who I am. I cry and I try. Uh, so yeah, our next episode, uh, I'm going to be interviewing one of my small business friends. I'm just locking in some dates right now, but I want, uh, I want you guys to hopefully enjoy the lovely weather that's coming up. It's river surfing season. So you'll be seeing a lot of videos and stuff of me on the river trying to get up. That is like (laughs) a metaphor of my life, you know, most of the time just falling down over and over and over again and then eventually getting up. And if you accept that that's just how life is, then when you do get up, it's really freaking amazing. So yes, that's probably like the longest conclusion I've ever recorded, but enjoy. I did it. Okay. Bye. Your donations and sponsorships make our reach possible and goes towards creating awareness and exposure to nonprofits, outdoor organizations, and local businesses. Would you like to donate or sponsor to Clothing Optional Podcast? Gift or get a shout out on our podcast? Check out www.bonessoapworks.com and search donate.